premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are broadcasting to you live tonight from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas, the bowels of Southwest Texas. Thank you for being here with us for our Thursday night Bible study. Now, you know, last Thursday, well, for the last 15, 16 weeks almost, we've been going through the book of Revelation on our Thursday night Bible study. And uh, last Thursday, we stepped into the twilight zone, as it were, in our discussion of uh, Revelation chapter 13, uh, especially and particularly when we jumped into the area concerning Antichrist. And uh, we learned some amazing, amazing things about Antichrist, about the Satanic Trinity, and about who Antichrist is going to be. And uh, if you haven't checked out that show, I advise you to go back and listen to the, uh, the, the podcast version of it. Uh, it's titled Revelation Chapter 13. Very simple. Uh, you should get into it. Now, I know it's a little bit long. It went long because it was a lot of information to get out there. And it's really not something that uh, we wanted to split into two parts. So uh, we kept it going. It was a two and a half hour show. So uh, uh, I hope you had the time to check it out. If not, uh, you should. It'll, it's, it's a good foundation for everything else that we're going to be going through as we continue on on our Thursday night show. So uh, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into chapter 14. And uh, basically what chapter 14 is, it's a summary. Or uh, you can look at it like, um, like headlines, like newspaper headlines for the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. So basically it's a picture of things to come. Now, before we get into the, to our Bible study for today, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get over there, head over to our contact section, open up that web form, and why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, please don't forget to send over your prayer requests. You know, I really do look forward to getting them, and I really do pray over them with you and for you, for those things that you put out there uh, as your prayer needs. And then, of course, you know, with your permission, of course, we bring it forward to the SOTS podcast family uh, for corporate prayer. So uh, send over those prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, you could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. 
That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that support this podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set up a recurring contribution for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know setting up a recurring contribution could be difficult, especially in today's economy. Uh, so if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, maybe you can do a one-time contribution. And if you can do that, you just click the Waygiver button, which is on our website, or you could also scan the Cash App QR code, which is on the homepage as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and, of course, if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, as usual, first and foremost, before we go any further with the show, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me, for uh, directing circumstances around my life that uh, caught my attention, and uh, for giving me the faith that I, need to, that I needed at that time to accept the gift of salvation that comes only through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a decision that I made, it will be 23 years ago in July, and uh, it's a decision that I made that I will never, ever, ever regret. Now, yeah, of course, you know, I've had my good days, I've had my bad days, my ups and downs, I've, uh, I've failed in my service to the Lord many, many times over the years, but the, the, the more I stumble, the more I fall, the, the more the Lord shows his faithfulness and his promise to, uh, to lift me up, to keep me going, and get me redirected. And uh, it's been uh, a tremendous blessing over the years to uh, see the Lord working in my life, in the lives of people around me. And uh, it really is something that if you have not settled that decision yet, folks, you need to settle that decision today. It's extremely important. You must get saved. You must come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, as we've been studying in the book of Revelation, we're coming into that period of time very, very soon where the church is going to be raptured out. This age of grace is going to be closed, and uh, we're going to be entering a new dispensation where uh, salvation is not going to be by grace through faith and nothing else. It's going to be by faith and works. And you're going to have to maintain your good works in order to be saved. And it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult, especially during the tribulation. So uh, now, folks, is the time to settle your eternal destination. You'll either spend eternity in hell or you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And what determines that is what you do with Jesus Christ. So, folks, please, don't wait any longer get saved, and get saved today. I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to have this ministry. This is a tremendous blessing uh, for me in my life and in my, my walk with the Lord. It's something that, uh, that he's laid on my heart and he has uh, enabled us to do, and he has blessed it, and I am so incredibly thankful for that. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much, and God bless you for your prayers Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for myself and my family uh, as we uh, continue to serve here uh, with this particular ministry and, and all the other efforts that, uh, that we're involved in. 
Also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Thank you so much for your financial support, and God bless you for it. Uh, when I tell you that your financial support really does help us keep things going here, it really does. Uh, it's, it's a tremendous blessing, and thank you so much for uh, contributing to this ministry and for getting the gospel message out. Also want to say thank you to every single one of our listeners tonight who uh, tune in faithfully everything to everything that we put out there, every show that goes out. Uh, it, it's been a tremendous blessing to have the uh, amount of feedback that we've gotten from you guys, and thank you so very much for it. Uh, because of your faithfulness in the plays and the downloads, uh, we are still currently holding five number one positions on the Good Pods platform, which is tremendous. It's huge, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a real blessing. And also, of course, your plays and downloads, your likes, your subscribing, that all contributes to our algorithm and the search engines and gets our show a little higher up in those search results when folks are looking for a, for a show like ours. So uh, please continue to play, listen, and download. And, uh, you know, wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, how about we just get to some announcements? Hi, everyone. This is JJ. Mr. Producer hit the wrong button there, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, but our announcements, um, just want to remind you about our Sermon Sunday broadcast every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, last Sunday we had a, a really, a really good, a good Sermon Sunday with our message on uh, uh, memorials in the Bible, God's memorials, and uh, that we did, a, of course, in recognition of uh, the Memorial Day holiday, and uh, that was a real blessing. Got some really good feedback on it, and the uh, the amount of plays and downloads that we've gotten for that particular episode have been phenomenal. So uh, it's a real, it's been a real blessing, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there with us again on our Sermon Sunday broadcast. Now, where can you hear it? Well, you can always go to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And uh, you can listen right there on our homepage through the, through the player app that we have set up there. Uh, or you can log in directly to Spreaker, and uh, that's our host platform for the live show. And uh, you can listen in live right there. And the added benefit is that if you have a Spreaker account, you can jump on into our chat room and you could uh, interact with us during the course of the show. And that's always a blessing. It's always a challenge, too, uh, because some, some, sometimes some of the guys in the, sh in the chat room are uh, a little on the rowdy side, but uh, we get it under control, and it's, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, also, want to remind you of our Thursday night Bible study uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, we are studying through the book of Revelation on our Thursday nights. And uh, it's been a, a real blessing for us. Now, uh, next Thursday evening, uh, we're going to be getting a late start on the show. Uh, I have a work commitment that I have to be involved with. And uh, so the show will start at 8 p.m. Central Time, and that would be 9 p.m. Eastern Time for those of you on the East Coast. 
All right, now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information on First Baptist Church, just log into the, into the church's Facebook page. And once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really, really helpful information. And, of course, you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And as always, we want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church for allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. I uh, also want to say thank you to our pastor, John Monk, and he's also my, my friend. He's a huge source of encouragement, and uh, it's, been, it's been a real blessing to be sitting under Pastor Monk for the last couple of years, and uh, we are so thankful for his friendship as well. And uh, so, you, again, you can check us out there on the church's Facebook page. Just search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and uh, you'll find us there as well. Now, folks, if uh, again, if you are planning on uh, passing up the invitation to come to Jesus Christ during the church age, and uh, you're intending on going through the tribulation, well, you're going to need to know some things about prepping and about preparedness and self-sufficiency. And uh, the best place you're going to find information about that is by visiting the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events, and there are no issues off-limits to any of these patriots. If you want a breakdown of current events got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got it. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Yep, got that too. If you want to hear more about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. Where can you find the Contra Radio Network? Well, it's available on all of your major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others. And you can also find them on www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. And it's also, of course, it's a blessing for us to be a part of the Contra Radio Network. And you'll be able to find all of our latest episodes available there as podcasts as well. Now, folks, I also want to introduce you to uh, my good friend, Chase Tobin, Tobinator the Motivator. And uh, his podcast, which is a real blessing, and, and if you haven't checked it out yet, I really would encourage you to do so. Uh, the Three Pillars Podcast. The Three Pillars Podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, and it, it, when I tell you it's been a blessing, it's a tremendous blessing. So you should definitely check it out. And if you do, let him know that we sent you over there and he'll send you some money. No, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, but check him out. He's on all of your major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others as well as YouTube and also on Rumble. So check him out. Also want to mention uh, Monica's podcast called the Busy Believers Podcast. 
and uh, that drops every Wednesday with a new episode. And she's been going through the uh, the Armor of God, which been a, which been a really good study, and I would encourage you to go check them out. She's available on all of your podcasting platforms as well, and uh, should definitely check her out every Wednesday. Now, folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements on our website. Uh, just uh, It's an email list that we've been curating over the last several months. Uh, and what we're doing is every time we have a change in our programming schedule, whether it's a late start, a no start, uh, which we haven't had any of those yet, thank God for that, um, or if we're going to have a guest on the show, uh, we're going to send out a programming announcement through that uh, email uh, list. So get yourself on the list. It don't cost you nothing, and uh, we don't sell your information. It stays here locked up with us, and we're not going to spam you as well. So just head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com, look for that subscription box on the homepage, and get on the mailing list. Also, while you're on the website, don't forget to head over to our Sword Swag section. Get yourself one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I have right here in front of me. And uh, today's beverage of choice is some really great McDonald's hot coffee, and I am in desperate need of this. I'm going to try not to sip because I know it's not funny. But wow, that's hot, and wow, it was really good. All right, so you can get yourself one of these uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs for a $25 contribution. Or if you'd like to get one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, you can get one of those for a $35 contribution. Just click the information button on the Sword Swag page and uh, let us know what size you need in your shirts and how many you want of your mugs and your shirts or both. And uh, we'll be sure to get that out to you. And then we'll send you a link where you can make your contribution. And, of course, once all that stuff gets settled, uh, we'll drop everything out into the mail to you. All right. That'll just about do it for our announcements. And uh, we're going to go to our first break of the evening here. Folks, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast.
Take me, Lord, use me now, draw me close, O Lord. Give me godly understanding of your holy word. Let me live so close to you, others too may see. Jesus, love and great compassion shining forth in me. Use me, Lord Jesus, now for your glory. May all I say and do glorify your name. When my heart suffers pain, Jesus lingers near. He will give me peace within and whisper, I am here. When I falter on my way, He will take my hand. Then so gently He forgives Stand. Use me, Lord Jesus, now for your glory. May all I say and do glorify your name. Take my life day by day, yielded, Lord, to you. Take my hands to labor gently, bringing others to. Take my lips to sing your praise, worship only you. Showing love to those who need of Jesus too. Use me, Lord Jesus, now for your glory. May all I say and do glorify your name. Use me, Lord Jesus, now for your glory. May all I say Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we are coming up to our uh, prayer list section of our show. And uh, of course, as always, the first thing we do when we go through our prayer list is we talk about the folks that are in need of salvation. Now, uh, I say this every show that we do. Salvation is the single most important thing that you can do in your life. The most important decision you are ever going to make in your life 
is what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason why it's so important and the reason why it, it, I push it as much as I do is because salvation, your decision for salvation has eternal consequences. Now, you can choose to ignore it. You can choose to push it off. You could, uh, you could think that you're fine and good. But you know something, folks, what's going to happen is if you, don't, if you die today, if you die right now without the Lord Jesus Christ, you will end up in hell. Plain and simple, not mincing any words. Your baptism is not going to save you. Your church is not going to save you. Whether it's the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church, the Methodist church, the Episcopal church, the Catholic church, no church is going to save you. Your, your salvation is not dependent upon your good works. Nothing you can do will ever be good enough to get you into heaven. The Bible says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the eyes of God. All of it. The Bible also says that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy he saves us. So there's nothing that you can do to save yourself. Nothing. Again, no church can save you. Your baptism can't save you. Your confirmation can't save you, which I never understood the whole point of confirmation to begin with. How could you have a confirmation without a reservation? Uh, just something to think about. And then, you know, uh, you know taking the communion cookie, you know, I, I call it something else, but I don't, want, I don't want to do that right now anyway, maybe later. Uh, you know, taking the cookie is not going to save you. Nothing will save you except putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the perfect shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. End of story. There is no other way. The Bible is explicitly clear on that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And folks, Jesus said himself, you must be born again. Jesus told that to uh, Nicodemus, who was one of the, uh, one of the uh, prominent teachers of his day. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, if you are, uh, if you are in a religious denomination that, and you say that you acknowledge who Jesus Christ is and you say that, that, uh, that, yeah, we absolutely should obey everything that Jesus tells us, absolutely, 100%, then how come you're not born again? Jesus said you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You must be saved. And again, salvation has nothing to do with your denominational affiliation. Nothing whatsoever. It's what you do personally with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, on our prayer list for salvation, we are praying still, for, praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for David up in New York City. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, Manuel has asked for prayers for his mom for salvation. Sharon needs prayers for salvation. And uh, Adam has asked for prayers for his father for salvation. Now, folks, if you have any family, any friends, anybody that you deal with, anybody you talk to that, that, that needs to get saved, email me, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and we'll put them on the, on the prayer list. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for my mom, Diane, David, the unsaved members of the Baldino family, Manuel's mother, Sharon, and Adam's father. 
our Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, Lord, and uh, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to come before the throne of grace and, Lord, lay the petitions of our heart before you. Father, we pray for those on our salvation prayer list today. We pray for my mom, Diane. We pray for David. We pray for the Baldino family. We pray for Manuel's mother, Sharon, and uh, we also pray for Adam's father. Lord, we lift them up to you tonight. We ask you, Father God, that you would please, Lord, work in them, work work in their lives, draw them to yourself like you did for me 23 years ago. Draw them to yourself, Father God, and save them today. Please, Lord, wash them with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, raise up someone near them, someone that can speak to them on behalf of the Lord. And Father, we pray that they would accept that perfect, wonderful gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving down our prayer list, we have, uh, we're praying for Pastor Martin. Uh, This is our sick list. Uh, Pastor Martin, for those of you who are new uh, to listening, uh, Pastor Martin is 89 years old. Uh, He has served in the pastoral ministry for 50 some odd years. Uh, Still, to this day, has a heart to serve the Lord. He's still at 89 years old with extremely poor vision, heart problems, eczema, blood pressure problems, He still goes out street preaching once a week. That's amazing to me. That's absolutely amazing. And there, there are those of us that that uh, profess to be born again, saved, Bible believing Christians that don't even take the time out once a week to hand out a gospel tract. But this man at eighty nine years old goes out and street preaches every week with his terrible vision. He reads his Bible 10 chapters every day. He has to use one of those high-power magnifying lenses to do it, but he does it every day. And I'm not saying that to puff him up at all. I'm saying that as a condemnation to us, those of us who can, who, who, who are healthy. Some of us don't read our Bible for, uh, for 10 minutes a day. But he reads 10 chapters every day through a magnifying lens. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin today. We're also praying for uh, Mario Martinez, who is, uh, we prayed for him before, uh, and uh, the Lord responded to those prayers and enabled him to head back home and be with his family, but he's back up on our sick list today. Um, uh, uh, He was uh, brought to my attention by his daughter today that uh, he is back in the hospital, and so we want to just continue to pray for, for Mario and we're going to pray that the Lord will bring healing, the Lord will touch his body, and the Lord will, will, will save him if he needs to be saved. We're also praying for my mom, Diane, who is in uh, rehab up in New York, and uh, we're praying that uh, the Lord will allow her to head back home uh, as quickly as possible. She needs to make some progress, and we're praying that the Lord will allow that to happen. We're praying for Laura, my sister, for uh, her back pain. We're praying for uh, Bernice, uh, who has cancer and uh, is undergoing some treatments and uh, needs to have her appetite increase. We're praying for her mom, Laura, also with cancer. We're praying for Janae, who has a heart condition. We're praying for Sharon Baldino, who has cancer. Uh, We're continuing continuing to pray for Martin Mata with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Uh, We're continuing to pray for uh, Alex Ortiz, Diego Ortiz. We're praying for Hezekiah for a recovery from surgery. We're praying for Juan in San Antonio with an aggressive advanced cancer. 
And we're also praying for Larissa with her hernia and the pain that she's been in for the last few days. Our Heavenly Father, we come before the throne of grace tonight, and Lord, we ask you, Father God, that you would uh, just look at those on our sick list tonight, and Lord, we pray that you would touch each one, Lord, that you would bring healing, Lord, that you would give them grace to endure the uh, discomfort of whatever it is that they're struggling with. Father, we pray that you would just uh, be a tremendous blessing to them in these days. As Lord, we just pray uh, that you would just touch Pastor Martin, and Lord, we're thankful for him and his life of service. Lord, we pray for his heart, for his vision, for his eczema. Lord, we pray that you would keep him safe as he goes out and street preaches. Lord, we lift up Mario. Lord, we pray that you would just touch his body and bring healing to him as well. Lord, that you would just meet the needs of the family as uh, not only are they still mourning the loss of Jasmine, Lord, but uh, now with Mario in the hospital as well. Lord, we pray that you would just bring grace, give them what they need, Lord, to endure right now. And Father, we just praise you for it. And Lord, if, uh, if Mario needs to be saved, Lord, we pray that you would work that out also for your, for your honor and glory. Father, we pray for my mom, Diane, uh, in rehab. We pray for my sister, Laura, for her back pain. Lord, we lift up Sister Bernice as, as she's still battling cancer. And Lord, we pray that you would just uh, increase her appetite so that she could take in the nourishment she needs to keep her strength. We pray for Bernice's mom, Laura, uh, also uh, battling with cancer, and Janae. We lift her up, uh, Lord, for her heart condition. And Lord, we pray also for um, uh, better relations with her family. Uh, we lift up Sharon Baldino, who has been uh, struggling with cancer as well. We pray for Martin Mata with his lymphoma. Lord, we pray that you would just touch him and bring healing. We pray for Daniel Villarreal uh, uh, dealing with leukemia. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just continue to touch him. And, uh, Lord, that, um, that he'd be able to uh, uh, get home soon. And, Lord, th- these treatments that he's going through wouldn't have too many negative effects on him. We pray for Alex Ortiz. Uh, for his breathing difficulty and, and the issues with his brains. Uh, we pray for Diego Ortiz as well, Lord, as he's recovering from surgery. We pray for Hezekiah as well. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful that the, uh, that the growth that was removed was not cancer. And, Lord, we pray that uh, now you would just uh, touch him to bring uh, a fast recovery from the surgery. Lord, we lift up Juan in San Antonio uh, also with cancer. And, Lord, of course, we pray for Larissa and the uh, hernia and the hernia pain that uh, she has been going through the last few days. Father, we just ask you to touch each one of them tonight, and we bless you for it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on down our list, uh, under our next category of prayers, we're continuing to pray for the Martinez family over their loss of, uh, of Jasmine. Uh, those of you who don't know, Jasmine was on our prayer list for a while. She, uh, she uh, had lupus and uh, was doing well and looked like she was uh, going to be able to go home. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the Lord had better plans. So uh, we're going to continue to pray for the Martinez family and their loss. We're going to pray for uh, Jude, uh, my brother-in-law, for his contracting business up in New York City. We're praying for also Federico Salinas, uh, a great brother in Christ and a good man and a good husband and father to his family. We're going to pray for him that the Lord would continue to bless him and the work of his hands and hedge him about and his family. We're also praying for uh, Brother Aldo uh, and his business at Pro HVAC here in Eagle Pass. And we're praying that the Lord would prosper him and uh, grow his business and and, uh, would bless the work of his hands as well. Uh, We have a great update on Angel. Angel uh, delivered her her little baby girl. 
uh, Amari Sky uh, came into the world on uh, Saturday, I believe it was, or maybe it was Sunday. And uh, we are thankful uh, that the, the delivery went well and the baby's healthy, mom is healthy. And uh, we look forward to meeting uh, little Amari when uh, she's able to get to church. We're also praying for her husband, Alex, uh, for his work and that the Lord would continue to use him in a great way among his co-workers. And we pray for him also as well that, uh, that uh, he would be a, a great husband, great father to his uh, new little family. We're praying for Liz for a financial matter. Uh, Larissa has asked for prayer for her brother Eduardo for an undisclosed issue. And uh, we're also praying for Isabella with her walk with the Lord and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And then going down our prayer list to our unspoken prayer requests, we're praying for uh, Ana Carranza uh, for an unspoken prayer request. We're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez for an unspoken. Larissa has an unspoken prayer request as well. We're praying for Ronnie with an unspoken. Uh, Hector has an unspoken. Manuel, Angela, and myself also with unspoken prayer requests. Now, an unspoken prayer request is very simply, that's just something that... um, uh, that you maybe you don't have the right words to uh, express the need, or perhaps it's something deeply personal that only the Lord needs to know about specifically, and, and we trust that he does, and that he'll answer accordingly. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for all of those on our, our general prayer list and our unspoken prayer list. Lord, we pray for the Martinez family. We lift them up to you tonight, Lord. We ask you to continue to bless them. Lord, we ask you to continue to, to uh, impart to them that measure of grace they need as they deal with the loss of Jasmine. And now with, uh, with Mario in the hospital as well, we pray, Lord, that you would give them strength uh, to get through these days. And, Lord, that you would be a blessing and raise up some folks around them as well uh, to be a blessing to them. We pray for Jude, and we pray for his contracting business up in New York. We pray that, uh, Lord, that you would just touch his business, that you would uh, prosper him. And, Lord, that you would uh, bless the work of his hands. We pray for uh, Brother Salinas and his family. We pray for him and his ministry and his service to the Lord. We pray that, Lord, you would hedge him about and protect him uh, as he uh, endeavors to serve you the best he can. Lord, we pray for Brother Aldo and his business at Pro-HVAC. Lord, we just lift him up to you tonight. We ask you, Lord, that you would help to grow his business, that you would prosper his, his, uh, his business, that uh, you would help it to grow, and, and uh, uh, Lord, that you would bless the work of his hands, and Lord, you would bless his family and protect them as well. Lord, we pray for Angel as she recovers from her delivery. We pray for Amari, and Lord, we pray that, um, that you would just help her to grow in, in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that uh, Angel and Alex together uh, would, would uh, continue to, uh, to carry on the tradition of both of their families of, uh, of being in church and coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Lord, we pray for, uh, that you would just bless them as, uh, they, as they grow their family. Father, we pray for Liz and her financial matter. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, help, that, help her to, uh, to get that matter settled as quickly as possible. And, uh, Lord, we pray for, uh, for Larissa for, for, uh, and her brother Eduardo. We also pray for Isabella for her walk with the Lord and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Lord, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, we lift up Ana to you, Lord. We lift up Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Larissa, Ronnie, Hector, Manuel, Angela, and myself. Lord, we know that you know exactly what those prayer needs are, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, con- that you would just uh, answer those prayers according to your perfect will for us, for our lives, and, Father, that you would receive all of the honor and the glory that you deserve, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. And Father, also we pray for the, uh, for the Bible study tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to speak. Lord, that you would help me to teach this material. And, and Lord, that it would fall on receptive ears. And Lord, I pray that you would stir up uh, folks under the sound of my voice tonight, that uh, Lord, they would have a desire to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ before this period of tribulation begins. Father, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We ask you to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, folks, uh, we're going to come up to our second break here, and uh, we're going to do that in just a moment, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, maybe grab yourself a cup of coffee or a refill, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study in Revelation chapter number four. Folks, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. We'll see you in a few minutes. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30 minute episodes featuring clear cut, straight talk in the Word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode. And you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to linktree forward slash warriorsofgod70. is all I 
faith cries out, Christ is enough for me. My feeble mind will lose the fight against the devil's schemes, but Jesus rose to crush my foe and live his life in me. To Christ I fly, on him rely, his grace is all I need. Unmoved by doubt, my faith cries out, Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for Christ me. Is enough. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we're going to be getting into our Bible study here in just a second. I do have an update, though, that I'd like to give you. And uh, I got an update on Diego. Uh, He's doing better. Uh, He's eating by himself, and uh, he's slowly recovering from that surgery that he had. So we're going to praise the Lord for that, and we're thankful that, uh, that we got that update. And um, 
we're going to praise the Lord for it. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this great news that we received about uh, Diego. Father, we pray that you continue to touch him and, Lord, bring healing. And, uh, Lord, we would thank you and we will praise you for it each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's see. All right. Well, we are at episode number 99 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and uh, we are approaching a huge milestone in uh, just another few days. We'll be hitting episode number 100. And uh, for those of you that are new, um, I've told everybody before that uh, we never expected to get past uh, 10 episodes of the show. So it's... um, so it's really a blessing uh, that we're here where we are. And not only are we coming up on 100 episodes, but uh, we are approaching 11,000 downloads and plays. Can you believe that? 11,000 downloads and plays. And it, it's been a trem- What a blessing it's been to do this. And I am so thankful again to the Lord for allowing me to do this. And thank you, thankful for you for your faithfulness in uh, checking us out and staying with us as we've been going through this over the last year. All right, uh, enough about that. Let's uh, get into our Bible study, Revelation chapter 14. If you have your Bible with you, why don't you open it up to the book of Revelation, chapter number 14, Revelation chapter number 14, and uh, we're going to get into uh, verse number 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. All right, now we've already been introduced to this uh, 144,000, uh, so I don't think we need to explain again who they are. Um, if, you, uh, if you missed that, uh, that was uh, Revelation chapter 7, so you can go back into the uh, show's archives and you can uh, listen to that episode. Uh, so, uh, again, we're not going to explain that again, but, uh, it's just that, uh, you know, we're mentioning it because we're seeing them show up once again. Uh, so basically what you have going on here in Revelation 14 is, um, kind of a summary or, or a headline of the rest of the tribulation. It's kind of like a, a capsule or a, or a nutshell picture of things to come in chapter 14. All right. Verse two. And I heard a voice from heaven. As the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts, and the elders, and no man could learn that song, but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins, These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. All right, now, um, there's a a little bit of a disagreement between the so-called scholars about um, where this is taking place, whether it's in heaven or on earth. Because in reality, there's a, there's a heavenly Zion and an earthly Zion. Hebrews chapter 12 says there's a heavenly Zion. In Psalm 2, there's a literal earthly Mount Zion in Jerusalem. But uh, the scene is probably an earthly scene and, and a picture of, of a coming kingdom. So, in other words, what you most likely have, and 
I'm I'm choosing my words, you know, carefully. Um, uh, you know, I'm not absolutely sure, you know, but the the distinct impression I'm getting from the thing is that what you have here is a picture of something that'll be taking place at the conclusion of the tribulation and the beginning of the kingdom age, the millennial kingdom. And uh, the reason I think that it's probably an earthly scene is that John hears a voice from heaven in verse 2. So he's not in heaven, evidently. He hears a voice from heaven. What the new song suggests is a new experience. You know, they've gone through the tribulation, and now they're reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, even if this is a heavenly scene, it anticipates a coming kingdom on earth. These 144,000 are described, and, uh, you know, we've already looked into their description when we examined them back in, in uh, chapter 7. Um, you know, we kind of leapfrogged ahead a little bit, and we looked briefly at these verses in reference to them. Uh, so they became, as it were, the nucleus of a, of a brand new Jewish kingdom in the millennial kingdom. That's what these 144,000 are, and that's what they represent. So in other words, they become the first fruits of a harvest yet to come. All right, so there they are. All right, we could say more about we could say more things about it, but um, I'm just trying to give you the nuts and bolts of the thing. You know, the essentials. All right, verse six. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now, this is the first time we've been introduced to this phrase, everlasting gospel. You know, Paul never talked anything about that. He never said anything about the everlasting gospel. He talked about my gospel. He talked about the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And by definition, he tells us what that gospel is. It's the story or the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. That's the gospel that we preach in this age. All right, now, we've already noted, as we've studied this book, that there are other gospels. For example, there's, there's the gospel of the kingdom. That was commissioned over in Matthew chapter 10. The gospel of the kingdom has to do with, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The gospel of the kingdom is a gospel the apostles preached in the early chapters of the book of Acts, and it's a gospel that'll be preached again in the tribulation, or at least in the early part of the tribulation. That gospel is accompanied by signs and wonders, and you read about that over in Mark chapter 16. The signs and wonders are, are tongues and healing, casting out demons, handling poisonous serpents, and drinking poisonous things, you know, um, raising the dead. Those are all signs that accompany the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, it would appear somewhere around the middle of the tribulation. The gospel of the kingdom is, is, then is replaced by another gospel. And uh, let's see what the everlasting gospel is. It's, it's a different gospel. Now, you see, the thing you have to study um, or learn, you know, when you study your Bible, and, and I keep emphasizing this, because, and the reason why I keep emphasizing it is because I want it to be indelibly impressed 
upon your mind that two things that are different are not the same. Two things that are different are not the same. Now, they may have a great deal of similarities. They may even be referring to the same thing, but giving you a little different slant or shadow on that same thing. But two things that are different are not the same. If God says, uh, you know, uses two different words, you can well believe that he's giving you two different pictures uh, about something there. All right? So the everlasting gospel is something different. Well, um, well, here we are, verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. So it appears here that an angel is distributing this gospel, and he's preaching it everywhere. And what's the gospel? Well, verse 7 saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. That's the everlasting gospel. Paul never ran around and preached anything close to that. Never one time. Peter didn't. The gospel of the kingdom doesn't even approach that. This is a whole new deal. This is like something that we've never heard before, this everlasting gospel. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Now, when you really begin to look at these things, you know, you can understand where the cults, you know, get all the crazy things that they get. You know, and um, what the cults do is they take all of this stuff, you know, a little of the gospel of Christ, a little of the gospel of the kingdom, a little of the, of the everlasting gospel, and, and then everything else they can find, and they throw it all into one mixing bowl, and then they put the blender in it, you know, and then they pull it out, and, you know, that's how they get away, or, they, or at least that's how they get what they come up with. You know, that's how the Mormons do it. You know, the JWs do it. All the cults do it. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then you've got just one giant mess. And that's what you got. And then, um, uh, now, it's, it's a real reversal, you know, but, um, but, th- but then, of course, if you're going to believe your Bible, you know, as, as Bible literalists, you know, we're told over and over and over again that in the last days that uh, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and, and heaping unto themselves teachers having itching ears, uh, you know, and so on. But it's a, it's a strange phenomena to me. Really, it is. It's a strange phenomena to me, having watched this thing go, you know, a real Bible believer now, you know, a Bible literalist, you know, someone who just takes the Bible literally is now being accused of being a cultist. You know, in other words, it's been so acceptable for so long to be a Bible corrector that if you're a Bible literalist, you're now considered by many to be a cultist. It's just the craziest thing. You know, and it wasn't like that, you know, 25, 30 years ago. It is now. Well, it kind of goes with the signs of the times, doesn't it? You can appreciate how uh, that would lean in that direction, you know, when you stop to think about it in this light. 
All right, so this everlasting gospel is an, is an, is obviously an announcement, and uh, the whole everlasting gospel hinges on the impending judgment that is to come. Now, I want you to notice the middle of the verse. For the hour of his judgment is come. And we'll see a little bit more about that in a couple of verses, but, um, but that's it. The everlasting gospel doesn't have a lot to do with mercy or grace or anything else. Fear God, give glory to him, and worship him. All right? So that's the thing. All right, verse 8. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she, has, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. All right, well, that actually doesn't take place until chapter 18. So what we're seeing here, as I've already indicated to you, is evidently a preview of things to come in chapter 14. So uh, I'm not going to talk much about Babylon because in chapter 17 and 18, you know, both of those chapters, almost in their entirety, are dedicated to that particular subject. So um, we'll, we'll uncover them in, a, in considerable detail when we get to those chapters. But, um, you know, just a couple of comments about it. You know, it's interesting that God sees it necessary to send an angel announcing the fall of Babylon, which he calls a great city. And she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of fornication. So this Babylon, whatever it is, that we'll discover, like I said, in incredible detail here in, in just a couple of chapters. Um, this Babylon had the ability to make all nations drink of her fornication. Had that ability. So in other words, this Babylon has... Um, permeated the very infrastructure of the entire world society and culture. Now, when you stop and think about that, there, there really aren't many things that qualify, right? Amen? It says all nations. That's what it says. So obviously the wheels would have to be in place for that right now, and uh, they probably have been for several hundred years. All right, verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. All right, so anyone who receives the mark of the beast, is condemned. He's doomed if he receives the mark of the beast. And there doesn't seem to be any way out of the thing either. So if by peradventure, some oddball chance you're not saved and, and you missed the rapture, don't take the mark. Don't take the mark of the beast. You know, I'm considering uh, doing a message on what to do if you missed the rapture. You know, you know, um, statistically speaking, if you have, say, a thousand people listening right now, you know, um, of the thousand people, you know, a bunch of those folks are going to miss the rapture. Now, I don't know who, but uh, statistically speaking, you know, a bunch are going to miss the rapture. 
Well, you say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible is full of too many parables where Jesus is illustrating that exact truth. For example, the parable of the sower, the parable of the wheat and the tares, amen? So what the Lord is telling us is that not everyone that professes Christ knows Christ. That's the thing of it. And when Jesus told that parable of the wheat and tares to the disciples, the disciples said, well, you know, come on, let's go rip out the tares. And the Lord said, no, no, you can't do that. Because if you rip up the tares, you can rip up the wheat with it. He said, my father's angels will take care of that. All in good time. That'll be handled. So it's, it's safe to conclude that some folks that are listening to our podcast, you know, some folks that are sitting in Bible-believing, literalist churches will miss the rapture. Well, what if you're one of them? Don't take the mark. It's better to die as a martyr. At least that way you can go to heaven. Now, now folks, honestly, I pray that none of you will miss the rapture. I, I would hate to think of that. I would hate to think of me missing the rapture. All right? All right. Now, now notice that this drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his, indigna- of his indignation. That little phrase, without mixture, is the tip-off. All right? There's nothing but wrath in the cup. There is no mercy in the cup. Now, up to this time, uh, everything that, we've, that, that we have record of in the Bible, you know, God has dealt with at least a measure of mercy. In any dispensation, here to now, God has dealt with mankind with a measure of mercy. But, but it seems like, and it appears by about this time, God's had it. God's been pushed about as far as God wants to be pushed. And, um, you know, he's had it. No mercy. No mixture. No mixed drink. And what's the result of this guy that receives the mark? Well, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So his ultimate destiny is his um, perpetual torment. That's the thing. In a lake of fire, of course. All right, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. All right, so all that is is just an embellishment of what we just read in the previous verse. So obviously what's, what's going on, um, uh, what all this is going to call for is a great deal of endurance, as has already been suggested on the part of the saints. All right, so let's run this out. Uh, take your Bible and go with me over to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. You know, the thing that's sometimes easy to miss in a study like this is, you know, man, I am glad that I'm not, that I'm not headed for the tribulation. And you know something? I am glad. I am glad. You know, and you get to think about the tribulation saint and, and, and a saint in this age, and you say, boy, these guys are going to have it rough, man. They're really going to have it rough. And they will. There is no question about it. They will. But the one thing that sometimes we miss is this. God is absolutely unequivocally faithful in rewarding suffering. Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If you suffer, God will make sure you're rewarded for it. 
And, and don't you know, he's going to reward those folks. And we'll see that before we're done tonight. So, you know, never get too freaked out about suffering. All right? God rewards it. He rewards it. Luke chapter 21, verse 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. All right? That's Luke 21, 19. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. That's, um, you know where you're at right there? That's, that's right smack in the middle of the tribulation, see? In this, addre- in this address. But the, the, the key phrase, the key phrase here is, in your patience, possess ye your soul. They that endure till the end, the same shall be saved. All right? So he's talking about tribulation saints. What's the key for those folks? Patience. Patience. What does the Bible say? Romans says, tribulation worketh patience. Amen? Patience. Now, for them, that's a doctrinal truth that has to do with salvation of their souls. With us, it isn't a doctrinal truth but it is a practical truth. It's a practical truth. It's an inspirational truth. And um, you know, your soul is well taken care of and will be regarded for with patience. And patience, uh, tribulation worketh patience. You know, God puts you through some fires. It's because he's developing your patience. But that's not all. You say, what do I need all this patience for? Well, what do you need patience for? Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, okay? I want you to notice the verse, verse 3. Romans 5, verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Okay, what do I need all this patience for? And patience, experience, and experience hope. Do you know what you need more than anything in this life? Hope. Hope. Isn't that true? But you see, it's a progressive process that gets you there. And it all begins with tribulation. Now, don't you know a tribulation saint that's been walking around for a couple of years being hounded by the Antichrist and his armies? You know, it's the only thing he's going to have to hang on to. Hope. Amen? Hope. That's it, man. That's it. All right. Now, the practical truth is, as it applies to you, if you're saved, is found here in Romans chapter 5. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. All right, now that's a great passage. That's a great passage. You know, we all need that from time to time in life. God did not promise a gravy train, and it certainly isn't turning out to be one either, is it? All right, verse uh, 13, Revelation chapter 4, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are they, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. All right, what that seems to be a reference to are tribulation saints, That'll become martyrs in the last portion of the tribulation period. Notice, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works 
do follow them. So God is suggesting that there's a real blessedness in dying. You know, the psalmist said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, you get so accustomed, even though you get weary, uh, you know, you get worn out and all the rest of it, you get so accustomed to the battle of life and the satanic struggle that you find yourself engaged in, and, you know, and then just the, the plain weariness of the whole thing, we become so accustomed to it that sometimes we just operate an automatic pilot. So, you know, I don't think any of us can, can possibly conceptualize how glorious the rest is going to be when we finally die. You know, you're not going to worry about one more mortgage payment for all of eternity. You're not going to worry about one more broken down vehicle for all eternity. You're not going to worry about what next piece of junk to buy. Amen. You know, you're not going to worry about the latest ache and pain that's developing. You're not going to have to worry about your kids. I mean, now, really, you, you, you're not going to have to worry about operating on a budget when you go to the grocery store. I mean, isn't that good? No more tax notices, insurance premiums, you know, none of that stuff. No more traffic, you know, no more lies by the media and, and who knows who else we have to contend with all the time, you know, just peace. Peace in the valley for me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Good stuff, man. It's good stuff. All right, so what does it come down to? It comes down to hope. It comes down to hope. And that's it. And that's it. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, we're going to take our last break of the night here, then come on back, and we'll pick it up in verse 14 of Revelation 14. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will be right back after this. Don't you go away.
he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely.
Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we have been going through the book of Revelation on our Thursday night Bible studies now for, for about 16 weeks, I think. And uh, we are tonight studying Revelation chapter number 14. And uh, before we get into verse number 14, I just want to give a very quick shout out to my niece, Diana, who is listening down in Florida. Thanks for listening in. God bless you. And I'm glad to have you here with us. Um, Hope you get something out of this and uh, we'll talk later. All right. Verse 14, verse 14 of Revelation 14. And I looked and behold, a white cloud and upon the cloud, one sat like unto the son of man having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. All right, so this is Jesus Christ, all right, sitting on a cloud. Now, isn't it funny, though, how the world always has it twisted? Uh, You know, they always have an angel with his harp on a cloud, right? Uh, Now, you know, we read about angels in this chapter, and and we read about harps, um, but they weren't on a cloud. And uh, isn't it funny how they always, you know, want to get these things messed up? It's Jesus Christ that's on a cloud. Now, interestingly, every time a cloud shows up in the Bible, it has something to do directly with the glory of God. Now, when they constructed the tabernacle in the wilderness and it was finally done, the Lord showed up and manifest his presence in the tabernacle in what? In a cloud. Right? And the same thing happened when they built the temple. Um, when Jesus ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, he ascended into a cloud. Amen? You know, clouds tell a lot of stories. I mean, when you were a kid, did you ever just lay back in the grass and look up at the clouds? And, uh, you know, you're looking and it's like, oh, that looks like this and that looks like, you know, Mickey Mouse or whatever, <laughs> you know? Honestly, I, I kind of still, I kind of wish I still had the time to do that. You know, take an afternoon, lay on my back, look up at the clouds. I mean, that would be all right, wouldn't it? I think so. It would be all right. You know, clouds tell interesting stories. Now, the thing that we learn here is that um, uh, Jesus is sitting upon a cloud. Now, Jesus Christ, in your Bible, is, is called by a lot of names. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah, right? He's called the Lily of the Valley. Uh, the Rose of Sharon and the Root of David. And he's called all kinds of things. But one interesting name he's called over in Revelation chapter 22 is the Bright and Morning Star. Now, I'm going to give you some information here that, you know, it's going to make the hamster start to run a little bit up in your head. All right, now, if you study the Bright and Morning Star from an astronomical standpoint, you know, from an astronomy standpoint, the, the bright and morning star is the planet Venus. Now, there are, there are some really interesting things about the planet Venus. I'm, I'm not going to show them all to you, but I think it's appropriate, you know, because of the context of the material, to show you uh, one of those things. Now, the planet Venus is often been called the sister planet of the Earth, and that's more or less because it's about the same size, Okay. Uh, the planet Venus is the, is the third brightest object in the heavens from our point of view. Uh, the only thing that's brighter is the sun and, in the, and the moon. Now, of course, if you were closer to Venus, you'd see that it's a whole lot brighter than our moon. Our moon only reflects about 7% of the light that it receives, uh, by, where by contrast, the planet Venus reflects about 59% of the light it receives. 
the only reason Venus doesn't appear as bright as the moon is mostly because of its distance from us. So Venus is a picture then of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bright and morning star. Now, in reality, you know, we've never seen the planet Venus, and you can't see it. No astronomer with the most powerful telescope has ever seen it. And the reason for that is Venus is perpetually enshrouded with a thick layer of clouds. And these clouds um, are in layers around the planet, and they're always there. And these thick clouds reach up to about 35 miles. Now, the highest clouds on this planet only go up about 10 miles. But on Venus, they get up to about 35 miles. So they're very dense and they're very thick. And the result of that is there's a lot of heat trapped, which is a picture of the judgment of God. They have some, uh, like, I forget the number, but it's like phenomenal temperatures. All right, now, so what I'm telling you is that this planet is constantly covered by this cloud. And so we've never seen the planet. What we've seen is the cloud. All right, now, Jesus Christ is sitting on a cloud. And, uh, and he's called the planet Venus, in effect, because he's called the bright and morning star. Now, once you stop and think about that in terms of understanding the Godhead, you know, we've never seen God, but we've seen Jesus Christ, which is a physical manifestation of God. Amen? I and the Father are one. You know, they tell us, and, and this is according to scientists, that um, you could stand anywhere on the planet Venus and you can look standing in one spot all the way around the whole planet. So in other words, I, I could stand exactly where I am, and if I had the, the same atmospheric conditions that Venus does... I could see China. All right, now how is that possible? Well, here's what happens. They call it ultra-dense refract refractivity. And what happens is, instead of the light just bouncing through the clouds, it bounces back. And the light just bounces between the planet and the cloud. Now, of course, nobody's ever been there, so they don't know this you know, as a fact, but that's the theory of the thing. Uh, you know, that you could stand there and you could see all, around, all the way around the planet because of bending light rays. Uh, they, describe, they, they describe it as um, sitting at the bottom of a goldfish bowl, you know, and you're kind of looking around. Um, and and in, in a lot of ways that makes sense to me because, you know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The Lord can stand in one place and see everywhere, can he? So, in other words, it's just a picture. You know, the Lord uses things in nature. He uses things in his physical creation to give us a better picture of what he's like. Amen? That's what he does. So, Jesus Christ is sitting on a cloud. Now, I'm not telling you that what's going on here is, you know, is he sitting on the planet Venus. I'm not telling you that. It's just that a cloud is the manifestation of him and his activity. All right? So, again, verse 14 and I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. All right, so that golden crown goes back to Revelation chapter 1. And, uh, and another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. 
All right, so it's reaping time. It's harvest time. Well, what's the harvest all about? Well, it has to do with the wine of the wrath of God. Indignation. It's God's judgment coming on the thing. All right, verse 17. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. All right, so judgment is being delivered here. And what we have, uh, what we have pictured here in the next uh, three or four verses is the Battle of Armageddon. And we're getting another glimpse of it. So do you see what the Lord has done with chapter 14? He's kind of given you a headline summary of the last half of the tribulation. Verse 18. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. All right, so we're going to make the hamster spin a little bit more here, and I'm going to show you a couple of things. All right. Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Verse 19. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. All right, now we have the angel. The, uh, the picture is he's thrusting in the sickle, and he's gathering a big cluster of grapes. Okay? Now, in your Bible, a cluster of fresh grapes or fresh squeezed grape juice is called wine. And often it's called new wine. And new wine or fresh squeezed grape juice is always in your Bible, a picture of blood. All right, Genesis chapter 40 and verse 11. Genesis chapter 40 and verse 11. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. All right, so what we see happening is a cluster of grapes is taken and are pressed into Pharaoh's cup. So in other words, he's delivered immediate fresh squeezed grape juice, right? All right. Now, it's interesting to notice that oftentimes God's wrath is referred to as the cup of God's wrath. Now, Jesus, in anticipating, in anticipating Calvary, um, he talked about his ability to drink of this cup. Amen? All right. Now, there's a passage in Deuteronomy, and, and honestly, man, I am really reaching now. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Deuteronomy uh, that talks about thou's, thou didst drink of the pure blood of the grape, you know, speaking of Israel and the wilderness and, and wanderings and so on. All right. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 14. Um, yeah, that's it. Butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the, with the fat of the kidneys of wheat, and thou didst, thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. All right, again, and um, I'm not exactly sure where it is, but um, it's within a couple of chapters or so where we are. Um, we're told 
they did not drink strong drink while they were in the wilderness. So what that does is it eliminates the opportunity to confuse the two and say, well, you know, what that means is they had a good time out there drinking. You know, all that good wine, they were having a wonderful time. No, no, that's not it. That's not, that's not that thing at all. Now, the word blood right there is interesting because do you know what God does? He associates blood with fresh squeezed grape juice. All right, now there are several things you learn from that. Uh, the first thing is, if people serve fermented liquor, what's that? Deuteronomy 29.6. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Just got a text. <laughs> Deuteronomy 29, verse 6. Uh, I knew I was close within a few chapters. Uh, I may not have Alzheimer's yet, but my sometimers is kicking in there for a second. <laughs> I'm still doing pretty good. All right, uh, 29, verse 6. You have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink, that you might know that I am the Lord your God. All right, so uh, out in the wilderness, uh, when they were out in the wilderness wandering around, did they eat bread? No. No, they ate manna, right? They ate manna, amen? They didn't drink strong drink. But three chapters later, God comes along and, and calls the juice from the squeezed grape pure blood. All right, now, in your Bible, there are several other cross-references that you can continue to study, and my suggestion is that you take your concordance and you run them down. And as you run them down, you'll figure this whole thing out. It's really self-explanatory. Fresh-squeezed grape juice is always a picture of blood. That's, you know, you, that's why you use fresh-squeezed grape juice or new wine in communion. But, uh, you know, you don't use fermented liquor. And, and a simple Bible study will tell you why. Fermented liquor is never a type of blood in the Bible. Fresh-squeezed grape juice is. Now, I know I didn't give you enough Scripture to really follow the thing all the way through, uh, honestly, because I can't come up with them all. But, um, you know, but what's the point in, in, re in reference to Revelation 14? All right, well, let's go back to Revelation 14, and let's look at the verse again. All right, now... What the Lord will do a lot of times is make a connection between grapes, wine presses, and blood. All right? Now, notice what he's doing here. He's casting the sickle in and gathered the clusters of the vine of, of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. Now, the idea of the thing is that, uh, you know, God's had it again. You know, he's had it. This thing has come to fruition, you know. Uh, back in the book of Genesis, you know, God didn't judge the Canaanites because the iniquity of the Canaanites uh, wasn't at the top of the barrel, so to speak. So what is that an indication of? Well, it's an indication of mercy, isn't it? Mercy. You know, God gives a lot of slack to folks. But finally, when the thing reaches the top, then that's it. That's it, man. All right, now... Um, that's the direction that we're going in. And, you know, when we get to this thing right here, the Lord says it's fully ripe. You know, it's time to go. Thrust in the sickle to the earth and gather the vine of the earth and cast it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. All right? So what's the result of that? Blood. Blood. So you see, in, in kind of like a, an, anal an analogous kind of way, that's what the Lord is talking about, you know, comparing men to grapes. And they're going to get squashed like grapes. 
Now, I'm sure in some way that kind of goes back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3. But, uh, you know, we're not studying Genesis, so I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, if you research the thing out, you know, the only tree in your Bible that seems to have any real uh, plausible reason for, be call, for being called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the vine tree. And Ezekiel calls the vine a tree. And interestingly, botanists call it a tree. So, undoubtedly, in my opinion, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a grape tree. And more than likely, Adam and Eve, um, prior to partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, didn't have blood as we know it. Now, you know, science tells us there are, there are some critters in the ocean that don't have blood. Uh, what they do is they funnel seawater through their system, and that acts as blood. And, uh, you know, science, science says that the closest thing to blood is salt water. Did you know that? All right, now, though, you got Adam in the garden prior to the fall. Do you know what you have? You have a guy that was a king, don't you? I mean, didn't God make Adam a king? Have thou dominion over the earth? Now, in the English language, we have an old tradition um, that when we refer to royalty, what do we call them? Do you know? Well, we call them blue bloods, don't we? Blue bloods. So blue is its pure form. Red is its polluted form. All right, now... Don't panic. I'm not teaching this as an absolute doctrine. You know, I'm just, you know, tossing it out there, kind of brainstorming. That's all we're doing. Remember what I tell you all the time. All a Bible study is is just us pooling our ignorance together and trying to understand the Word of God. So that's all it is. Now, um, you know, oftentimes in your Bible, you know, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, uh, an angel himself, you know, called the angel of the Lord. And, you know, he shows up a lot of times in the Old Testament as an angel of the Lord. However, in this particular case, let's look at the verse, and let's look at the verse very carefully. And uh, this is verse 18. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Well, what's this angel? He's a messenger. He's a messenger. Now, what angel really means is messenger. And we learned about that back in Revelation chapter 2. All right, so he's a messenger coming from God the Father. Remember, of that day and hour knoweth only the Father above. Isn't that what Jesus said? So the messenger comes from God the Father. Now is the time. Now's the time. And it could parallel... Um, yeah, it, it could parallel Revelation 10. I, I don't know that it does, but it could. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but, um, all right, uh, the, thing I want, but the thing I want you to understand here is, as, as we kind of bring this up to a conclusion, is, uh, you know, this thing with studying blood and grapes and all that stuff, it reveals a lot of really interesting things you know, and uh, so Eve partook of a tree. Eve partook of a tree, right? Now, Hollywood, 
and you know, way before Hollywood, you know, I suppose, you know, tradition has always liked to suggest that the tree was an apple tree, right? Because it's red, you know. Was it an apple? Well, there's nothing in the scripture that hints at that whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. You know, God calls Israel the apple of his eye. You know, an apple is always something pleasant. Now, it does say that the fruit was pleasant to the eye, yeah, uh, but then so is a grape. And uh, grapes have perpetually gotten people into trouble, right? It got no one into trouble. Don't you see how that thing works? You know, God made Adam a king, right? And he said, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth. And then after the flood, he said that identically same thing to Noah. And what got Noah in trouble? Well, he went out, he planted a vineyard, and he got blasted, right? The grapes got him in trouble. Now, the grapes didn't get him in trouble as far as the fresh grapes, but he allowed them to ferment, and that's what got him in trouble. Fresh grapes got Adam in trouble. So here was Adam, King Adam, a blue blood, until he polluted his water system. Now, the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and yet you will have a body, for that which is corruptible is changed into that which is incorruptible. And It's interesting that it's going to be changed. God's going to take what you already have and change the molecular setup somehow. And in my opinion, he's going to take that body that you have and rearrange it and give you a brand new circulatory system, and he's going to make you a blue blood. And you'll probably have salt water running through your veins. And, uh, you know, salt's a whole different study. But have you ever studied salt in the Scripture? Did you ever study water in the Scripture? I mean, it's amazing what you can learn by studying your Bible. It's a great book. It's a great book. You know, and I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff at you. All right, verse 20. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. So that's about 200 miles. And uh, that whole thing takes place up in the valley of Megiddo, north of Jerusalem. So um, this is just a brief synopsis of the Battle of Armageddon. And blood is running to the horse's bridle. Now, a bridle on a horse is on his head. That's a lot of blood, man. That's a lot of blood. It's almost like God says, you know, you chose a polluted circulatory system, therefore I'm going to let you drown in it. Um, you know, there's something cleansing about water. Now, you know, I'm not advocating uh, baptismal regeneration or anything like that at all, right? But isn't it interesting? The Bible says, washed by the water of the word. Isn't that what Ephesians 5 says? You know, um, now, what, what God's going to do is give you a clean system. You know, slick, real slick, man, real slick. Now, I don't understand it all. You know, I don't have it all figured out, but I know that there are some connections there. I know there are. And, um, you know, well, we'll know someday, won't we? <laughs> I think so. It's kind of neat, too. You know, think about it. One of these days, uh, one of these days, you're going to be a blue blood. It's going to be kind of cool, don't you think? I do, too. I do, too. All right, folks. Uh, well, that'll just about bring us to the end of episode number 99 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. 
in Revelation chapter number 14. And uh, we are under the two-hour mark, which is a great target to hit. Thank God for that. Last week was uh, two and a half hours, but we're at an hour and 45 minutes or so. Yeah, so we're good. All right, folks, I just want to say thank you once again for tuning in to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. Uh, If you can, head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and if you could, just send us over a message. Send over your prayer requests, and also look for that Support This Podcast button. And if you could help us out with a monthly recurring contribution, we would appreciate that. Or if you can't do that, maybe a a one-time contribution would be just as good. Well, folks, until we see you again on Sunday... Win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.